Before we get to Rabbi Yudin, I want to remind everybody that Rabbi Yudin has written a book that came out a year or two ago, Rabbi Benjamin Yudin on the Parsha, subtitled Tomorrow We Have the Privilege. It's a Feldheim release, Mosaic Press publication. Uh, get it. Get it before Parsha's Bracious. That's it. That's as simple as that. You'll find it online. You'll find it everywhere. Rabbi Benjamin Yudin on the Parsha, we are highly recommending it. This time each and every Friday, every hour of Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin. Spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Wow. We are Arab Shabbos Parshas Ha'azinu. Ha'azinu, according to the Chinuch, we've already had the 613th mitzvah back in Parshas Vayelech. According to the Ramban, however, Nachmanides, we have the last mitzvah in the early part of Hazinu, Kishem Hashem Ekra, Havogodal Elokeinu, the mitzvah of reciting Birkas HaTorah, the blessings for the Torah, which the Jew recites every day. Shiras Hazinu, the song of Hazinu is such a powerful uh, testimony for the Jewish people. The Ramban writes at the end of his commentary on Ha'azinu that if this song, which contains past, present, and future, this world and next world, if it were to have been written by a soothsayer by an astrologer to use his words Miksav Echad Minachosim Akochavim had it been written by anybody we would have to take it seriously because after all every single word of it has come true all the more so that this comes from the very special prophet Moshe Rabbeinu the Song of Hazinu promises, very strong word, that there always will be a Jewish people. Literally, the destiny of God Himself is inextricably bound with that of the Jewish people as found in Parshas Hazinu. But if one looks very carefully, and as we're told, Sha'al Ovicha Viagedcha, Zekedecha Viyomru Lach, which means, as we find in the beginning of the song, study history and learn from history. And we see such a pattern of history, namely, that when we unfortunately forgot where we come from, what our purpose is in this world, when we emulate the other nations of the world, when we worshipped their gods and their idols, then unfortunately we were punished, and punished severely. As we're going to say, please God, this coming Monday in the holiday of Sukkos, because of our sins, Golinu, we were exiled from our land. And when we 
did tshuva when we acted appropriately when we serve God we see our history has shown v'shavtem lovetach ba'artzachem that we lived successfully peacefully prosperously in our land and therefore this song is a testimony to the destiny of the Jewish people. And we are ever reminded of the pattern that when Israel becomes a little bit fat, that is to say prosperous, then unfortunately he thinks that he can do it alone and doesn't need God. And the pattern repeats itself again and again. And in reality, the sukkah that pleased God, we are going to enter this coming Sunday night and Monday and throughout the week of the holiday of sukkos is a literal implementation of the song of Ha'azinu. It's to remind us, say midiras keva, literally, leave your permanent dwelling place for the week, live in a little hut which is subject to the elements as a very strong reminder to us that He, capital H, is ultimately our protection. And this is such an important holiday of all our holidays. This is the happiest. This is Zman Simchasenu. And interestingly, the Vilna Gaon notes that in our prayers that we say on each of the Shalosh Regalim, each of the three holidays, we say, Atu God, you chose us. And this, says the Vilna Gaon, is referring to the holiday of Pesach, Passover, when God literally chose us and took us out of the land of Egypt. And we have Ahavta Osanu, you loved us. When did God show His love to us? By His giving us the Torah on Shavuos. And finally, the Ratzisa Banu. And you were satisfied more than that, happy with us, literally forgave us. This, according to the Gra, the Vilna Gaon, is the holiday of Sukkos because as we know, and as we find in the Shulchan Aruch, in the opening chapter of the laws of Sukkah, the Machaber, Rav Yosef Karo, the author of the Shulchan Aruch, deviates from the way he begins all the other laws, and he begins by telling us, Basukos Teshu Shivas Yomim, this is chapter 625, in the Shulchan Aruch, 
citing the verse from the Torah reading we're going to read this coming Monday. You are to dwell in Sukkos for seven days, as the Torah tells us, because we are to remember that God caused us to reside in Sukkos. And what does this refer to? Heim Ananei Kavod. This refers to literally the clouds of glory that enveloped the Jewish people in and during their stay and travels and living throughout the 40 years in the desert. And why does the tour, the grah, so many ask, why do we celebrate and commemorate these clouds in the month of Tishrei in the fall? After all, the clouds of glory came to the Jewish people when we first left Egypt. So it would be more appropriate to have the Pesach Seder in the Sukkah. And the answer that the Grah gives is such a powerful one. And that is as follows. That Yom Kippur was chosen as the day of atonement for the Jewish nation after we sinned the sin of the golden calf this is the day the 10th of Tishrei that God forgave the Jewish people for that terrible sin on the morrow on the 11th of Tishrei Moshe said having shown that they needed something tangible a calf that they were to build a sanctuary a mishkan to God the 12th and 13th were the days that everybody brought and they brought so much goods and services for this sanctuary that on the 14th Moshe had to call off the appeal and say that's it, we have enough. On the 15th when they actually began the construction of the Mishkan, the sanctuary, that is when the clouds of glory which had left them after the sin of the golden calf came back. God therefore showed that he was resuming that very special relationship with the Jewish people, Ratzisa, that God literally has that desire to dwell in our midst. And that's why the Torah tells us, Chag HaSukos Shivas Yomim Lashem, just as in the past he chose to dwell in our midst, hence the clouds of glory. Similarly, we construct a sukkah and it is literally dedicated Lashem. Now this is a very interesting dialectic. On the one hand, we treat the sukkah this becomes our home. We eat, we sleep in the sukkah. We study in the sukkah. We entertain in the sukkah. Married men are exempt in, from sleeping in the sukkah so that they don't have to cause discomfort for their wives. But the idea is that on the one hand, this is becoming our home. But on the other hand, we treat this home Kishem Shachal, Shem Shamayim, just as the sanctity and integrity of God is on the Chagiga, 
on a carbon, on an offering, so too does the sukkah contain a degree of sanctity, not only from a technical point of view, that during the week of Sukkos, one could not take and dismember, take apart the sukkah, use it for any secular purpose. No, but the sukkah itself is to be treated with respect. We don't bring pots into the sukkah. Forgive me, we don't bring a garbage pail into the sukkah. Again, you keep it right outside. It shows that additional state of reverence that we have and the realization that we are literally implementing that which we resolved on Yom Kippur, we are literally implementing it in the sukkah by basically saying, God, we are prioritizing, we're getting our values straight, while certainly the ideal is to live in the home throughout the year, but we transition from Yom Kippur to the home through the sukkah by having a week which is an established period of time for us to absorb and to retain the values and reminding ourselves that ultimately our shelter, our protection all comes from above, comes from Hashem. There is as well as we know the mitzvah of the Arba Minim, the four species the Torah tells us there is a mitzvah to take this coming Monday the Esrog, the Lulav, the Hadassim and the Aravos. One needs all four. Without all four one cannot recite the bracha. One takes the Lulav if one is a righty, one takes right-handed, one takes the Lulav which has three out of the four with the spine facing you and the three Hadassim to the right and the two Aravos, the three Myrtle to the right and the the two willow to the left of the spine and the esrog in your hand. On the first day we recite two brachos, al-natilas lulav and shechionu, this coming Monday. And the proper way of doing it is because since the bracha is to be recited prior to the performance of the mitzvah, we pick up the esrog with the pitom downward and Given that one does not fulfill the mitzvah in such a way, one recites the bracha, Anatilas Lulav, turns it over, recites the Shechiyonu, and shakes the four species in all the different directions. In terms of the mitzvah of sukkah, we trust and pray that, well, let's remember, it doesn't R-A-I-N usually in the land of Israel. And we pray that we will not experience it as well on Sukkos. But should it R-A-I-N on the first night of Sukkos, the Allah says you're supposed to wait. Wait approximately half hour, 40 minutes, etc. And then when unfortunately if it's still raining, what do you do? You put on your raincoat and you go in the Sukkah and you make Kiddush in the Sukkah and then you wash and you take a piece of challah, 
a kezayis, and you go into the sukkah, and you make hamotzi. You don't make a leshe basukkah in the rain ever, never. Okay? And then you go and complete the meal in the house. When and if it should stop raining, you would then go back into the sukkah, take your challah, even if you've benched already, you would go back, take your challah, and make hamotzi, you'd wash, make hamotzi, and make the bracha, leshev basukkah. The first night of Sukkos is so important. Our rabbis learned it out from Xerah Shava with matzah, that just as one must eat matzah on the first night of Pesach, so too one must eat in the Sukkah. And so, if you haven't as yet done so, invite Pause, think for a moment. Think of those neighbors down the block, wonderful people who for whatever the reason don't yet have their own sukkah. Invite them into your sukkah. Invite them if you can for Sunday night. Invite them in during the week of sukkos for a kiddush. Invite them in for a meal. For giving them the opportunity to experience this very special Zman Simchasenu. The holiday of Sukkos is called Chag Osif. It's the ingathering of the harvest. But the Sukkah, and especially the where the Torah tells us, Kol Ezrach BeYisrael Yeshvu BaSukkos. The Talmud says that ideally all Israel could sit in one sukkah. It's just the fact that we don't have one large enough, but the idea is that now that we were brought together in harmony, in joy, in friendship, in love, through Yom Kippur, the sukkah should be a further implementation thereof. And the Arba Minim, the four species that we take, not only represent the four different parts of our body, the Esrog, the heart, and the Lulav, the Shedra, the spine, and the Dasim, the lips and the aravos, the eyes. Not only that, but the idea of the concept that the four species represent the four different kinds of Jews and the bringing together. It's a very special holiday coming up. A holiday of Hallel. The Hallel that we didn't sing on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. We get to sing, please God, this coming uh, Monday and throughout the week of Sukkot. I take this opportunity of wishing everybody a very special Shabbos of Parshas Ha'azinu, of being uplifted by the promise of the destiny of the Jewish people and the celebration, one and all, in this very special holiday forthcoming of Yom Holiday of Sukkos. Shabbat Shalom and a wonderful Yom Tov to all.